May I speak in the name of God, who is Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. The Lord told Elijah, Go, anoint Hazael and Jehu as kings, and Elijah, Elisha as your eventual replacement. God's anointing, God's blessing, God's call on kings and on prophets. We know a bit more about Elisha, I guess. He succeeded Elijah, asking to receive Elijah's spirit when he ascended into heaven. But what about Jehu, son of Nimshi? Not sure I'd like to come across him on my travels. Anyone want to see why I don't want to come across him when I'm out and about? No one wants to say anything, come on. 2 Kings 9.20 The watchman reports, It looks like Yehu, son of Nimshi, for he drives like a maniac. <laughs> or, in the authorised version, he driveth furiously. Okay, it probably doesn't help much with today's reading, does it? But it's a verse always makes me chuckle. <clears throat> it's probably one of my favourite verses, taken completely out of context in the Old Testament. I always think about it when I hear Yehu mentioned. Either way, though, God calling, blessing, anointing people for various forms of service. Something which seems quite apt on this day when we welcome Darren as curate to this ministry area especially as he's going to be serving mainly here and in Pont Lottin. Darren, I'd suggest you try not to take driving lessons from Yehu, though. <laughs> the police appear to crack down a bit on speeding, let alone driving furiously, even though we do have to rush around at times to go from one community to another. We see calls to follow Jesus in today's gospel. We see so many different responses. I'll follow you wherever you go. Let me deal with a few other things first. Let me say goodbye to some people first. Not to mention the Samaritan village, which simply didn't really acknowledge Jesus at all. Now, I can't speak about Darren, but my own journey towards ordination and through ministry to the point of arriving in <coughs> South Wales, has encompassed these responses and so many more. A year ago, I had an, an interesting period of discerning whether I might have been the person called to a pretty crazy post, in all honesty. <laughs> Just more than pretty crazy, not here. My response included... You might be calling me to go, where? How would I ever get everything sorted in time to move up right over there? I'll be too far from friends and family. What if I wasn't accepted in that strange and foreign land? Let alone, would I be up to the job? In the end, though, I did reply, I'll follow you wherever you want me to go. With much trepidation. A year ago today, in fact, I found out that particular post was not right for me, that they wanted someone else instead, which is great news. I hope you agree. Because suddenly the possibility of ministering in this area came up. And in a slightly unexpected way on Facebook reading about it, 
After applying, I was offered the post. I accepted it, getting ready to move here. And then Bishop June asked, so, what do you think about being Darren as training supervisor? Excellent. Yes. Am I capable? Am I ready? What if we don't get on? And so on. All those responses again in a different way. How equipped do you feel, Darren, a whole day since you were ordained as a deacon in the Church of Jesus Christ? An ontological change happened yesterday. You are changed forever through that ordination. But don't expect suddenly you'll have all the answers or suddenly be omnicompetent. That'd be nice. It would be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> I also have to say to everyone here, please don't think that suddenly Darren will have all the answers or be able to do everything. We did this far. Like the rest of us, he's human. <laughs> You've probably heard me say before, <clears throat> watching Father Ted has been fairly influential in my discerning of the vocation to ordain ministry. Not sure whether that's a good or bad thing in a lot of ways, to be honest. But one of the things in the programme is the showing of the humanity of clergy. They're all different. They've all got good and bad points, even though the ones you really don't warm to. There are good elements somewhere in it. Each one is a unique character. The trouble is I can recognise a priest I've come across in most of them if I try to look too hard. Clergy are not perfect. Not me. Not Darren, I don't think. No way, mate. Not Bishop June, I suspect. We have successes, we have failures. We're good at some things. We're absolutely hopeless at others. Or I am anyway. We try to live up to our call. And often we may fall short in one way or another. Maybe like Yehu, son of Nimshi, with his dodgy driving. I'm reminding of this in today's epistle. We lay and ordained are called to live by the Spirit. And indeed we'll be singing, the Spirit lives to set us free at the end of today's worship. We're reminded that sometimes other desires can drive us away from that Spirit or try to drive us away. There's tension inside us at times. We know we should do this. But, you know, we quite fancy doing that instead. We try to live by love, but get envious and bitter. We try to live soberly, but, well, after a few drinks, well, let's face it, we all mess up. We all go in the wrong direction. We forget, sometimes anyway. And when we do so, or even when we convince ourselves we've messed up, even if actually we haven't, we end up beating ourselves up. We end up convincing ourselves that we're useless and good for nothing. I speak for myself with that, by the way. In ministry, I manage to get something wrong occasionally. Poor pastoral care, rubbish communications, or just convincing myself I've upset someone. There's no evidence of that, just I misread signs, maybe I don't misread them, and I'm convinced that I've done something terribly wrong and it's all hopeless. I misread the signs sometimes. I convince myself that I'm not up to it. I convince myself I'm not good enough, that I'm not cut out to be a priest. It's a bit like Father Ted when he wins the golden cleric and he's told he's not the best ever priest in the world, 
because, well, Desmond Tutu is quite good. Oh, I'm not only the second best priest. That means I'm a failure. I might as well leave the priesthood. It sort of goes to extremes, doesn't it, sometimes? I'm not perfect, therefore I must be hopeless. How does that work? If I'm feeling at that stage, generally I don't admit that in public, in ministry anyway. So I'm not feeling that bad at the moment, or I wouldn't be saying that. <laughs> but bear with me when sometimes, oh yeah, you know what I mean. I convince myself sometimes, if I must be administering my own strength with my own abilities, and then realise my strength and my abilities are not good enough, and so I think I'm not up to it. And that's true actually, I'm not, am I? I'm not good enough if I'm ministering in my own strength. Because I'm not meant to minister in my own strength. I, like all of us, are called to live in the Spirit. We minister in the Spirit, not in our own abilities, our own strengths, our own wonderfulness. Or lack of wonderfulness. We are anointed. We are equipped by the Holy Spirit for life and ministry. We are not doing it on our own. When we start to convince ourselves that we are, Maybe that's the time when we start to get distracted, obsessed by other things instead. To quote the epistle, but using the NRSV rather than NIV version. Getting obsessed by things like fornication, impurity, licentiousness, jealousy, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, anger, quarrels, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these. My relationship to any of these is not something I'm discussing here, I might add. I'm just quoting from the scriptures. <laughs> I thought I need to say that just <laughs> to be on the safe side. Instead, we're called to live and minister in the spirit with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. To quote the NRSV translation of that same epistle. Focus changing from ourselves to love of God and neighbour. Darren, from experience, when things get tough, and they will at times, it's easy to drift towards looking inward. I'm sure there are times when you, like the rest of us, may end up doing that to some extent. I've been jealous of clergy who have got posts that I'd quite like to have had, for example even when I realised they wouldn't have been the right place for me. Or maybe coveting your neighbour's car, chasuble. <laughs> this is one of the church's chasubles, I might add. I thought I'd put it on as a special occasion <laughs> with Darren coming. Or colleagues' preaching style or anything else come to that. Because clergy aren't perfect. Don't we know it? We're as mixed up as anyone else. But you know what? God has called us, in spite of our weaknesses, or even because of them, God has called us, and God is faithful, always. There will be times when things will be a struggle in one way or another. Space your life on living in the Spirit, with regular times of prayer, corporate and private. Times of retreat and solitude, as well as worshipping with others. Time studying the Bible and exploring more of the Christian faith. 
and time with the family as well, and recreation and things outside of church. <laughs> things we can forget about so easily. People of God. Darren has been discerning his vocation for quite a while. And I suspect he's tried to run away from it once or twice. Yesterday he was ordained deacon. In a year's time he will, God willing, be ordained priest and be able to preside at the Holy Communion. I've come to realise quite quickly that he's smarter than me and will no doubt seem to know lots of things. But he's here as a curate to learn, to be formed as a priest, not just being an extra pair of hands. So it's important for us to give Darren the time and the opportunities to continue developing his ministry and growing into the priest that God has called him to be. Some parts of his ministry will be quite visible. Some parts will be hidden away. But without those hidden bits, everything else can start to struggle a bit. One of the important aspects of my priestly life is being a member of the Sodality of Mary, Mother of Priests, as well as an oblate of Alton Abbey. They help to structure my, prayer, my priestly life, my prayer life, and also give me a global network of support. Darren will find different structures to sustain his ministry. But I felt two quotes from the Sodality Manual are worth repeating today for us all to hear. Firstly, from Father S.F. Panton. The priest must also remember that he is a workman and that every true workman seeks to build rather than to destroy. He must have a positive rather than negative end in view. And secondly, from Father Herbert Mather, we should realise more clearly that prayer is work. We have no difficulty in persuading ourselves that prayer is preparation for work. But how many of us today look upon prayer as a work in itself, as the essential work of a priest? Would indeed that more priests might realise that prayer is the first work to which they are called. There are others who may be qualified to undertake many parts of the work of a parish, but who will make good the losses that are incurred by an unprayerful priest. Both of those words, both of those quotes have such strong words about the priestly ministry, building, not destroying, and the effect that prayer has on ministry and on the whole community. The priest seeks to build, not destroy. And the first and most important work of a priest is prayer not admin, not answering the phone, but prayer. Darren, you are called, ordained, anointed to play your part in building God's kingdom throughout your ministry. In God's strength, not your own. And remember, the first work to which you are called is, quite simply, prayer. One of the fruits of the Spirit is joy. So make sure you enjoy the many parts of your ministry. 
It might feel like a slog sometimes, but it is worth it. It is the most wonderful thing to be doing. I wouldn't want to be doing anything else. And my exploring things a year ago made me realise how much I value ministering in parish contexts. Enjoy it in every way you can. One other thing. If I look back through the list of when things happened in your life, you were called by God to be a husband and a father before you accepted this call to ordination. That says something about the priorities you need to keep in place. Louise, please remind him about that. Remind him about that in your ministry here. And also about when you're discerning where God might be calling you to be in future. How would it work for the family as well as would it be a really cool thing to go and do on your own? Believe me, that ends up being quite tricky at times working out those two things. Darren, Louise, Natalie, Bridget and everyone else actually. Can you try and remind me about this sometimes as well, please? Because I'm preaching it to others and I have a habit of forgetting it myself. It's wonderful to have you with us. We are looking forward to this journeying with you as we seek to minister in the power of the Spirit and to play our part in building up the Church of Jesus Christ here in Bargoid. In Bristol, in Derry, in Pontlottin, in Vaucru, in Butetown, in this ministry area, and in fact throughout the whole of the world, let us play our part in making Jesus Christ known joyfully. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.